somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from his looks for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And still to come tonight on That Kevin Show, she's a four-star civilian, Katie McFarland. She's simply known as Comic Kim. Kim Curley with a special Mother's Day presentation. And back in the spotlight, it's Ed Sheeran. And now, from Times Square, where subway conductors often receive free piping hot cups of coffee, just minus the cup and all over them, here's that Kevin. No, it's true. Um, announcer Dave sometimes makes stuff up, but that's actually a true story. This last week, and imagine, you know, you get up, you, you trudge through your existence, you get to your station, you, you fire up your train, you're ready to get people to work on time, and a disgruntled uh, subway passenger just decides to unload an entire cup of hot coffee all over it's 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 our welcome mat friends it's it's how we make people feel at home here in uh in in the new york city anyway welcome in glad to have you hour number two true story and and, and to be honest it wasn't even a flavored coffee it was just plain so made it even worse anyway uh i tell you what we've got a lot to get to uh coming up yet this uh segment we're going to introduce uh, Times Square Trippin'. We're going back to Times Square tonight with the talents of Justin Awad. If you don't follow him on Instagram or TikTok, you should. He's really, really funny. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, Assignment Desk Weekend. All right. President Biden pictured here uh, so pleased with himself that he could remember that it was Friday. Uh, is giggling to himself as the press were being escorted from his joint appearance with the Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez. And why was he giggling? Why did he think it was hilarious? Well, the gaggle were all expelled the moment that the commander-in-chief asked if anyone knew if this here gardener had brought any breakfast tacos with him. From the Math is So Hard file, California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom seen here covertly swallowing Prime Minister Pedro's last breakfast taco has announced that California's budget deficit is billions of dollars overcommitted and that estimates show it will bankrupt the Golden State. This announcement came on the heels of the state announcing that it would soon be making slave reparation payments to descendants of slavery that never occurred in their state. The governor was also sad to learn that unlike in the game of Monopoly, there is no $200 payout for merely passing go. 
The New York Knicks were booted from the NBA playoffs last night after a crushing 96-92 defeat uh, in the um, in the city of Miami. In their previous win against that same team, Julius Randle had immediately sought out his wife to give her a celebratory kiss. Randle's also regularly seen allowing his son to travel with him as they go different places uh, with the team. Uh, and both of these incidents seem to have irritated former NBA player Kenyon Martin, who leveled criticism at Randall for doing so, especially the kiss part. Because if there's one thing we definitely want in today's NBA, it's fewer men loving their wives and children. President Biden, pictured here, trying to remember <clears throat> his own name, has declared war on a vicious set of enemies, household appliances. Sure, they may not be as deadly as Russian tanks or Ukrainian surface-to-air missile systems, but it is an election cycle. His approval rating is the worst in history, and he must have his mid-afternoon mint chocolate chip. And finally, comedian and talk show host Whoopi Goldberg, seen here actually hissing at babies, has announced plans to release a new comic book. Interesting. Um, rumors have surfaced that this comic book will feature a very unique type of hero. Uh, someone going through menopause, a menopausal superhero. Let that kind of wash over you for a second. Anyway, um, rumors have surfaced reporting that the character will be named Hot Flash and be loosely, no, no entirely, based on the coming-of-old-age story simply known as Joy Behar. All right, it's uh, time to head to Times Square Trippin' here on That Kevin Show. You know what year the War of 1812 was? What year the War of 1812 was? Um, I did it in school. I'm trying to remember. I forgot. I'm not even gonna lie. Yes. Like, when do you think it was? It was it a while ago or recently? A while ago. Guess a year. Uh, 1980, possibly. Yes, it was around there. Do you know what state Utah is in? Utah, Nebraska. Yes. Do you know how many states make up the USA? Uh-huh. How many? No, you know this. Around 40, how many? 40. 41. 41. <laughs> you know this. 41. 41? Yes. Do you know who the current vice president of the United States is? Yeah. Uh, Biden. Yes. What continent are we on right now? What continent? Uh, I think like North Africa. What's three times three times three? 18. Yes. What country the Panama Canal is in? No. If you have to guess, like what do you think it sounds like it's in? Guess a country. Europe. Yes. Do you know what we call a shape that has five sides? Diamond? Yes. Can you tell me what time this is? Yeah. That's... That's 250. 
250, right? Yes. 20 minutes make up a quarter of an hour. 25? Yes. Do you know what country Hawaii is in? Hawaii is a country, right? Yeah. Yes. No, like, do you know what country it's in? Hawaii is a town? Like, I thought the whole state of Hawaii was... Wait, what the fuck? Is Hawaii a state or a country? Hawaii... It's a state. It's a state. Hawaii is a state? Yeah, so what country is it in? What? Hawaii is a country? Are y'all playing with me right now? I don't know. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know. Sir. Do you know who the current vice president is? No. Do you know what we call a shape that has five sides? A hexagon? No? Yes. Alright, that's Times Square tripping Kevin McCullough in for that Kevin show. And um, I hope you'll join us each week. That wraps up this edition of Assignment Desk Weekend. And one last special note as we close out uh, this segment uh, here on That Kevin Show. Uh, tomorrow is obviously a very special day for mothers everywhere. Uh, we celebrate moms at That Kevin Show. I celebrate my bride, the mother of my uh, three biological children. Uh, I celebrate uh, the fact that there was a mother who brought my adopted son into this world and celebrate her life, even though she is with us no more. Uh, and I also uh, want to especially dedicate this episode, this Mother's Day episode, to the memory of Sharon Shatter McCullough and also Celeste Carpenter Harrell um, for their uh, lives uh, in in the the women that they were in the lives of myself and my bride and our family, uh, and we miss you, moms. Um, this this Mother's Day, we miss you incredibly. But we celebrate those of you that are moms that are out there every single day, uh, loving on your kids and doing all you can to make their lives better. And uh, in, in all the ways that you aren't said thank you to for all the things that you deserve thanks for. Uh, this is our small way of trying to do that tonight. And coming up a little bit later, we've got a special uh, Mother's Day comedian segment. Uh, Kim Curley uh, talks about the mother's curse, uh, if you can imagine that. Anyway, it, uh, it's coming up later this hour. And back in the spotlight, someone who loves all the moms in his life, Ed Sheeran. Ready or not, he'll be right back. guest is someone who I have personally had the privilege of discussing how to deep fry a turkey with on, on the Fox News channel. Now, it wasn't on the main channel. It was on a little place called the Strategy Room, which was kind of, well, at that time, it was like a closet on the 12th floor or somewhere. But it was but it was a very memorable meeting. Uh, but it was just one of many conversations that I've had with uh, this very special person who has served not one, but multiple administrations uh, in the Pentagon and as part of national security and foreign policy teams. Uh, she is someone who held the civilian equivalent rank 
of a four-star admiral or general when she was at the Pentagon, and I am very pleased to say that she's also a wonderful friend. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Katie McFarland. <laughs> What you meant about the deep frying the turkey? So you uh, and sure. I were on it. We were on a show that was the precursor of Fox Nation. It's an online show, and it was really the precursor of the Five. Yep. And so you and I are sitting. They made there the wrong now, hires like, on that, by the way. They hired well, all the wrong people. You know, should have had you and me knows. on there, but it's a different thing. Exactly. So we're sitting. We debate everything from you know presidential politics to you know what you're going to do for Thanksgiving. So we're talking about Thanksgiving and turkeys, and then you pop up with how you deep fry a turkey. And I looked at you and I said, Kevin, do you know about deep frying turkeys? And then you went on to explain how you do it, and now you have to be really careful it's not a frozen turkey. And I was so dazzled with the breadth of your knowledge that I've just respected you ever since. Well, it's I appreciate that. And I think you know, I, I do have just kind of a natural uh, curiosity about life. Um, in fact, uh, before we uh, sat down to have this conversation, you heard me having a conversation with Nicole Sapphire about breast cancer and the developments mm -hmm. in different areas of health and so forth. So I do have a very wide I don't know, interest in what's going on in the world. And that's why I, I like my shows to kind of reflect that because I think it's a benefit to people that if, if we can if we can make life a little bit better for each other and in as many ways as possible, I think that's a generally good thing. So having that as kind of the context of where we're going here, um, you've led an extraordinary, uh, an extraordinary life. You've, you've served your country in, in multiple ways. Not only are you uh, have have you served in in public office? Uh, but you've also uh, very much supported our nation's military. You're a proud Navy mm -hmm. mom. Uh, I've got a lot of Navy members in my family. Both grandfathers were in the Big War. Uh, my brother-in-law is active duty now, and um, really proud of him. Top Gun grad, so forth. Um, let me let me just so people kind of get a sense of this. What what is your sense of where we are with our military in 2023 as we speak right now? Oh, I think we're in trouble um, for a bunch of reasons. You know, for 20 years, we've ignored the military and the, the major looming threat in front of us, which is China. We focused on the Middle East, on the forever wars. And now I'm worried that we're ignoring the prevailing threat to us, which is China, as we're focused on Europe and Ukraine and Russia. Not that we shouldn't want to have Ukraine succeed, but don't do it at the expense of the real strategic threat to the United States. And certainly don't do it by drawing down our military capabilities so somebody else can fight their fight. And in addition to that, we've um, we've really fallen behind technologically. You know, we always think about America as the cutting edge technology power, whether it's with anything to do with cyber or whether it's anything to do with the internet or computers or, or, or cyber security or cyber weapons. And we've really fallen behind. I mean, the Russians and particularly the Chinese, they have a whole new class of weapons that we don't have. They're called hypersonic weapons. And we have no, we do not have hypersonic weapons. We do not have the ability to defend against hypersonic weapons. And that's just one area where we've fallen behind. So I'm worried that not only have we not kept up with where we should, but we're not looking to the future. And we've not, we're not developing these, these more sophisticated technological weapon systems and that we're not investing in, in high technology. You know, the Chinese understand 
that the country that controls quantum computing, artificial intelligence, the country that controls the sort of 10 different areas of, of the technologies of the future controls the future. And China's had an all-government approach, a whole-of-nation approach on surpassing the United States, not just economically, but militarily, technologically, politically, diplomatically, every way you can think of. And they plan to do it within a very short period of time, within the next five or 10 years. And I worry that we have no plan, hmm. that we don't have a technology plan, that we don't have a military plan. I mean, we have a president who's kind of out of it. And we have an administration which is really not focused on the looming threat in front of it, which is China. And that we're going to be caught very flat-footed unless we change course within within a couple of years. Well, just an example of what you're talking about was the uh, hearing uh, about a week ago in which a uh, senator from Iowa, Joni Ernst, asked Energy mm -hmm. Secretary Granholm about the need to convert our entire military to electric vehicles by uh, six years from now, 2030. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I'm sitting here, I'm not that technologically savvy. I mean, I know how to operate my, smone, uh, my phone and my computer, but you know, I'm, I'm not a tech geek by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, if I can think of ways that that would benefit our enemies and hurt us, Surely, smart people somewhere in Washington could have said the same thing to Secretary Granholm at some point. But instead, when she's asked about it, she doubles down and says, no, we absolutely can and we should because it's the right thing to do to be green. KT, I want my military to have zero capacity limitations. I, I, don't, want, I don't want them to be able to move or not move based on what type of fuel they use or where the mm -hmm. energy comes from or anything else. In fact, I was talking with General Keene about this and I said, shouldn't we be like in R&D right now thinking about putting tiny little nuclear reactors in vehicles? I mean, we do it in the aircraft carriers and the submarines. Right. Shouldn't we be figuring out how to do that so we don't need any fuel at all? And he said there are people working on that, but it's all private sector. He happens to be associated with one of the companies that is. But we're, we're not, to your point, thinking about the right things. No, and, and here's what's wrong about what Senator Granholm said. Number one, America has, we have the God-given resources to be not only energy independent, but energy dominant. We have, out of shale rock, we have the ability to power the world for hundreds of years. And we were well on our way to doing that. We were energy independent at the end of the Trump administration, well on our way to being energy dominant. Now, what energy dominant means is we export so much stuff, so much oil and natural gas, that we set the price. And we can set the price much lower than Russia and Iran, any of these other countries can. And so as a result of that, we drive down the overall price and we bankrupt our adversaries. So first of all, when Senator Granholm comes out and says, well, we want to go to an all electric fleet or we want to go to a green energy solution. Why are we tying our hands behind our back when we could be the dominant energy source for the world? And number two, when she talks about that, guess where those contracts are coming from? <laughs> guess who's making all the stuff that goes into electric Every ounce vehicles? of lithium you need in the battery comes from where? China. And so not only are we tying our hands behind our back and not ex using the natural resources that we've been given by the almighty. She's KT McFarland. I'm Kevin McCullough. We're coming right back. Very special to have uh, KT with us tonight. I'm so honored. Stay here. Ready or not, we'll be right back.
Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough back live from Times Square. So honored to have you with us and so honored to have my dear friend, uh, KT McFarland, who uh, don't let the don't let the the crusty exterior and the tough, tough talk uh, fool you. She's a softy on the inside. She's she's a tough military lady, but she's she's got a heart of gold. And along those lines, KT, this coming weekend is Mother's Day. Uh, and I want to say happy Mother's Day to you. And I'm curious if you have any, you know, special thoughts of Mother's Day, Grandmother's Day is a terrific holiday at her house. Um, you know, I think that of all the things I, I've done in my life, and it's a long life, and I've had great success and a long and a happy lot of marriage. Things. But the greatest thing is to be a mother and grandmother. We have five kids. And they're all terrific. They're all everyone is completely different. Everyone lives in a different part of the country. But for me, I took, unbelievably, I took a good decade and a half out of my professional life to be home with my kids. Wow. And it made all the difference. And I was able, thank, thank goodness, I was able to sort of restart a career, a little different career, but restart a career and enjoy another chapter of my life and great success in the politics and media world. But I must say that those years I've spent enriched me. Not only were they terrific for my children to have mom at hand all the time, but they enriched me. Now, a lot of women don't have that luxury Mm. to stay home and to raise their kids. And I do, my heart goes out to all the women, including my own daughters and daughters-in-law who are struggling to try to balance family life, professional life, marriage, kids, work, career advancement. But I think it's just the greatest job you can ever have. And now that I'm a granny, and I have grandchildren that are, they call me Granny Mac, by the way. Um, now that I have grandchildren that are from the age of 21 down to three and a half weeks, um, it's been the greatest joy again to see them. And when you get old and you're looking back at your life and you think what's been important, what's not, the greatest thing is to be able to say, you know, I did that one okay. I did that right. I raised great kids. They're living fulfilling lives with wonderful partners in their lives. And now I'm looking at the children that they're raising and thinking, well, that's my legacy, not necessarily some great career, although I had a good one, but also to think that my legacy is my grandchildren. And Katie, I, you know, it's not a lot of people from your generation that what you did was not necessarily that popular uh, to take a decade and a half out and to do that. Um, we've made that choice in the McCullough household. And there are mm-hmm. days when my bride has said, should I have you know, stayed in the workforce. You're right. I think that they're the best legacy we'll leave. There's not going to be anything that's going to, you can't put anything on my tombstone that's going to trump what my kids are going to be able to do and be <laughs> become because they had a mother and a father who loved them. And sadly, people know that that's scientifically accurate and we're denying the opportunity, which could spawn off into a whole bunch of other discussions right now, which I don't want to do. In our final minute uh, that we have left, I do want to ask you a fun question. You've worked with several different presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the funniest interaction you've ever had with a commander in chief? Ooh, that's an amazing question. Okay. So I worked for president Nixon, president Ford. I was young. I had it in the West wing of the white house. I worked for president Reagan. I knew them all, um, could walk in and out of the oval office, but the funniest thing was in working for president Trump. So at the beginning of the Trump administration, there's president Trump sitting in the oval office behind the resolute desk. I mean, this is the desk that the all desk. presidents have sat, the desk. And we're sitting there, it's a morning meeting, I'm there with the Secretary of State, we're briefing the president, I don't even remember what the topic was. 
And the president is having a Diet Coke. And he's taking that Diet Coke and he is putting a Diet Coke with a lot of ice on the surface of the Resolute desk. I'm thinking, oh my God, look at the ring on the, de- on the desk that John F. Kennedy spoke from, that Ronald Reagan spoke from. He's going to leave a ring. And then he says to the Secretary of State, hey, you want a Diet Coke? What do you say? You can't say, no, thanks, sir, I'm fine. Of course you say, yes, sir, love one. And so then the, the, the um, valet brings us the Diet Coke. So here I am looking at the Secretary of State. Where they, what do we do with our Diet Cokes? We can't put them on the desk. And we're sitting right up at the desk. We can't put them. Oh, my God. You know, maybe it's Donald Trump's ring that presidents 100 years from now will look at. But they sure don't want to look at Katie McFarland's ring of the Diet Coke. And so I look at the Secretary of State. He looks at me. We knew if we put that darn Diet Coke, that glass full of ice, on the floor, then we'd probably spill it all over the famous rug, the Oval Office rug. So he looks at me, he pulls out the little handkerchief that he's got in his pocket, and he puts it down on the Resolute desk, and the two of us put our little Diet Cokes right there. We did not leave a ring. So (laughs) posterity will know that we had good manners. Or will it? I'll leave that up to the next generation to figure out. (laughs) I don't know if they'll know about it, because your ring was not there. Um, Wasn't there. Hey, T. McFarland, uh, it is a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for coming on that Kevin show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. Ready or not, he'll be right back. That Kevin. I love the fact that they're doing well. I feel very blessed and honored to have these kids in my life. I'm having to navigate new waters. You know, how do I talk to them now? How do I ask them for money? It's not that I need it. It's just that they took from me for so many years. your dinner with them and I just wait when the check comes out. It's uncomfortable for us all. (laughs) So much fun. I had my mother's curse. Now the mother's curse is someday you'll have a child just like you. Who in here received the mother's curse someday? Yeah. Yeah. And you will, if you haven't, you will. It's a very powerful tool. My mother started giving me the mother's curse when I turned 13. It was day in, day out. It was constant. She would just see me, oh, someday, someday, you'll know what you've put me through. She didn't stop. She started when I was 13, and she didn't stop giving me the curse until I left home at 14. It was just nonstop. So I had these kids, and I had a child just like me. She even looks just like me. But I'm thinking, okay, uh, this is crazy because we don't get along. It was insane. We had to go to therapy. It was horrible. Therapists, you know, giving us all these things. It didn't work. Nothing worked. I don't know what it is, but when your kids turn into teenagers, Satan moves into the house. That's what happens. I go to wake up my kids in the morning. I'd open up the door and go, girls, get up. It's time to go to school. And I'd hear, five more minutes. We need 
five more minutes. Turn off the light. The light hurts our eyes. We're not going to school today, mother. We're sick. Where are my beautiful little girls? Teenagers are like cats that come into your house and lay around on dirty clothes. And they look at you like, what the heck are you doing here? You know what? If you don't feed cats, they go to somebody else's house. Teenagers do the same thing. What's for dinner tonight? Nothing. Okay, I'm just going to stay here. Okay. I want you to know if you let that go on too long, it's a felony. They actually... Monster drinks are marketed to teenagers. Why do they need extra energy? What is up with that? Do they need extra energy to shift on the couch? Yeah. Look for the remote. What the heck? So I have this kid who's just like me, and I just, I, I gave up. I gave up even telling her to clean her room. It was horrible. I just got to the point where I push open the door and put my head out and go, ah, and then shut the door. She would just roll her eyes. Therapist told us to communicate as best we could. So this, this child has five of her friends over, little cat friends, <laughs> slithering around on her dirty clothes in her dirty room. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is the day. She's 15 at the time. I said, I'm going to do it. I am going to give her the curse. I am going to give her the mother's curse. I'm going to do it once. So I went into my room and I put on my purple fairy outfit, which I keep for other reasons. And, but it's really nice. <laughs> it's got big wings. Sweet. It is sweet. I had some glitter and I had, I had this scepter thing, you know? So I shove open her door and I go in her room and I start throwing glitter around and her friends are like, oh, hi Miss Curly. Shannon, your mom's a purple fairy. And she's playing guitar on her bed and I took the scepter and I pointed it right at her but I aimed it towards her ovaries as best I could. And I said, someday you'll have a child just like you and you'll know all the hell you put me through and your little dog too. <laughs> and I ran out. Yes. She just got married. <laughs> She's been married a year and they're talking about their first baby. <laughs> they want to get pregnant. And I'm so excited because it's going to happen. The curse is real, people. It's real. She's going to be calling me up someday. Mom, you know what? This child is driving me crazy. Really? <laughs> Are you nothing but an ATM? ATM! <laughs> See how I brought that around? ATM? No? Okay. I used to be a teacher in San Antonio, Texas. I used to teach eighth grade English. That's 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 year olds. That was a great time. Kids these days, I think they're getting smarter. They're a little different. They're getting smarter, but you know what? Take away their calculators. They can't do math. 
When did math become magic, people? I went to the store and I bought something with cash. It was $7.53. So I gave him a 20, two ones, and 53 cents. The kid goes, you're giving me too much money. He's giving it back. He got kind of indignant. <laughs> giving me back the money. Take this $2. I don't need it. And I said, put it in your machine and watch what happens. <laughs> when he did, he looked at me like this. <gasps> Those of you who don't know what I got, I got $15 even back. That's what I did. <laughs> don't get out your calculators. Put them back. I'm also a, a counselor. I'm a stand-up comic and a counselor. Does that not scream I have issues? Doesn't it? I'm a, ther I, I'm a licensed therapist. You can see me after the show if you want to talk about stuff. We, we can do that. I got my degree in counseling because it was a whole lot cheaper than therapy. I was getting better at it than the therapist, so... They started asking me a bunch of questions. How'd you deal with that? Well, I did this. Well, oh my gosh, that's great. I know, I know. I enjoy my neighborhood, I have a really nice neighborhood, but yesterday we did our recycling and everybody takes out the recycling bins and my, my neighbor to the right of me, she's bragging all the time about how her recycle is so much bigger than everybody else's. She goes, I'm an aggressive recycler. I'm green, I'm an aggressive recycler. And I'm going, no, you're just a heavy drinker. Hey, two thirds. Thank you, Kim Curley. Ed Sheeran back in the spotlight next. He'll be right back. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. Ladies and gentlemen, he is often referred to as the bard of the modern era. Here is musical Shakespeare, Ed Sheeran. Was 
from the brand new album called Subtract and it will be one of his most emotive albums yet if the reviews are to be believed a lot of uh, milestones that he's covered in the songs on this particular album and if you want to hear more of uh, any of the music spotlight artists we've got the playlists at Spotify and Apple Music just search new music spotlight for that Kevin show Thank you to everyone who was part of tonight. We are grateful to be with you every Saturday. And in some instances, we'll be back with you again on Sunday. I'm Kevin McCullough. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Until next time.